Thank you so much for listening to our podcast here at the Greenwood Church of God. We are so excited that you have found us here. Our prayer is that this podcast would enrich your life and give you strength for this week ahead. Thank you so much for being here. Now enjoy the podcast. Can you say praise the Lord in the house tonight? Amen. Let me just tell you tonight, it is an honor and a privilege to be with you on this evening. Um, Pastor Michael is a cherished friend, and uh, he and his wife are doing such a tremendous job, and their family we love and we honor them. Can we honor them tonight by just giving the man of God double honor and his wife and family? We thank God for you, uh, and he is correct. The last time I was here, uh, you guys were over in the other building. And my, what a change. Amen. And let me just say that I don't know exactly where it was we were standing, but after a fine meal at the Crystal Grill, uh, you brought me over here. And uh, it was nothing but dirt as far as the eye could see. Yeah, me and uh, Pastor Larry Evans. And I just remember, uh, Pastor Michael, the desire and the, the passion that I saw in you and the vision that you had for this community and i honor that and i honor this house and i honor you greenwood church of god for what you're doing in this community and i just believe this that god blesses excellence amen and so thank you so much for being a city on a hill here in the mississippi delta can you give god praise one more time before i preach tonight so good to see so many of my friends here tonight. I won't try to mention your names, but uh, my wife normally travels with me but could not be with us tonight because she is teaching uh, at our church. Um, she teaches in a recovery ministry that we have on Sunday nights, and um, the Lord has her there. Usually she drives me, but uh, I was able to make the trip up, and I'm honored to be here. If you have your Bibles tonight, I want you to open them with me to 2 Kings chapter 7. Verse 3, and I'll read down to verse 4. And while you're finding that, I'll preface my remarks by saying this. The title of my message is simply, Destiny is one decision away. Destiny is one decision away. I don't think it's a coincidence that the praise team sang about the leper outside the city tonight. I uh, had no idea they were going to do that, but that's exactly where I'm going to draw my text. I'm not sure if you all stand for the reading of God's Word here. If you do, let's do that now. 2 Kings chapter 7 and verse 3, and this is what the Word of the Lord says. And there were four leprous men at the entering of the gate. And they said one to another, why sit here until we die? I want you to key in right there. And get the image in your mind of four desperate individuals in a desperate situation who ask each other a critical question. Why should we sit here in the same situation and expect different results? If we stay here, we will surely die. If we enter to the city, then the famine is in the city and we shall die there. If we sit still here, we will die also. Now therefore come and let us fall unto the host of the Syrians. If they save us, we shall live. But if they kill us, we shall 
die. Would you stretch your hand toward heaven this evening? Heavenly Father, I ask you tonight for the anointing that makes preaching possible. I desire that not one individual looks to me tonight, but I'll hide down behind the cross. And Lord God, I pray that you be lifted up. Because God, you said if you be lifted up, you'll draw all men unto you. So tonight it's all about you. And Lord God, we ask you, Lord Jesus, to be in the room. I sensed the overwhelming presence of the Holy Ghost while they were singing. And Lord God, I know, God, you're here to meet the needs of your people. And Lord God, when we leave, we'll say, surely we have been in the presence of a holy God. One more time, would you give him a big praise before you're seated? Come on. Hallelujah. Tonight, our text tells us the story of four lepers living outside the city walls of Samaria. You see, their horrid condition had them exiled from the outside world. Their diseases made them outcasts, unclean, and even untouchable. Because of their condition, they often grew their hair long to cover their face. They wore unkept, dirty clothing. And they looked outwardly, Pastor Michael, like the disease that was ravaging them internally. You see, if contact was made with the clean world, they must step back, retreat, and loudly proclaim, according to Levitical law, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, don't come near me. You see, they have no land to till, no livestock to look after. They are totally dependent upon others in your mind tonight go with me to that place outside of the city of Samaria where individuals on the inside of the gate are comfortable they have the amenities of the day that they need but just outside of their purview are four individuals who hard times have fell upon you see their sickness wasn't a fault of their own it was a disease that they had contracted by who knows the means but they still found themselves outside the camp, outside of the place of being in interaction with humanity. You see, they had to rely on the people inside the gate to fulfill what they needed outside of the gate. Every day, they would wait for the goodwill of people to toss their table scraps over the wall so they could sit down and they could eat. Sitting in the dirt, they simply existed and waited for the next meal to come flying over the wall. You see, their life consisted of crying for crumbs begging for bread these four leopard had grown accustomed to the plight and even accepted their terrible fate church I'm afraid that some of us have accepted the hand that life has dealt us and we have settled for our own miserable existence even some churches have decided to sit idle and accept what's happening in the world around us it's a pitiful state of affairs when the church doesn't sound the alarm when the government goes against God when society goes against God I ask you tonight can we sit idle by or will we just sit here and die I believe God is raising up a last day church full of fire full of the anointing full of the Holy Ghost that's going to rise up in the last day and go forth like mighty warriors clap your hands if you believe it tonight you see, we may not be lepers outside the city, 
But sometimes we're people outside God's plan and God's destiny. Can I tell you, we'll never walk into God's best for our lives until we realize that destiny is one decision away. John 8 and 12 says again, Jesus spoke unto them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. It doesn't take a whole lot to be a church on fire. It doesn't take a whole lot to be a person on fire. All you have to do is lift up the name of Jesus Christ high above in your life and the pressure of life will start to dissipate when the presence and the power of God come in. Let me challenge you tonight. Stop sitting by. Stop sitting in the dirt. Stop looking like what you went through. Stop mimicking what the devil's tried to pull on you and stand up in the middle of that and declare I shall not die but I will live and declare the wonders of God. Somebody take you a praise break in here and give God the glory if you're not going to sit down and die. You see, the city of Samaria suddenly came under siege. The king of Syria attacked this city and because of the attack, a severe famine followed and the people inside, pastor, began to suffer. So can you imagine that if the people with resources were suffering how much more so it was on those who were outside of the camp. Can you imagine the lepers one day waiting for the food to come across the wall, waiting for the resources, and all of a sudden because of the status of the world and the status of the times, there was no more resources the Bible tells us that times got so lean, they began to eat donkeys' heads and literally ate dove dung. Some even went so far as to boil their own children. If conditions were this bad for common people, imagine how bad it must have been for lepers outside the city wall. The situation was bad in the beginning, but now it has grown much worse. Let me ask you something, child of God. Have you ever been in in a situation that you thought was bad and then it seemed like something happened and it got worse and it got worse and it continued to get worse. What you do in a season of pressure will determine the level that you have of praise. I stopped by to tell somebody this is not your season to give up. This is not your season to die and this is not your season to sit down. This is the season that God is going to birth character in you and you're about to go to higher heights and deeper depths than you have ever been. I wonder is there somebody here who can say I'm fighting for my life. I'm in the darkest season I can ever remember but I'm not going to die. I'm going to declare the praises of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You see as bad as it was as horrible as the supply was as bad as the rations became they had a word from God. If you go back and you read in 2 Kings 7 chapter 1, Elisha, the man of God, prophesied a word. A word from God's prophet told them that the weight of poverty and the weight of oppression would be lifted. You can call me fanatical. 
You can call me Pentecostal, but I still believe in preaching, Pastor Joy, that weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. Hallelujah. I believe what Micah said when he said, Rejoice not over me, O my enemy, for I will rise again. Is there anybody in here ever had to rise up again? The devil had his foot on you. He had a chokehold on you. But all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords came in and spared you and you live to see another day my God if that's you if you've ever been healed in your body if you've ever been delivered if you've ever had God do a miracle I wonder can you give him some praise tonight and give him the glory because you know your destiny depends on a decision and the decision ought to be to praise him tonight You see, they had to go back and remember that Elisha said, listen to the message of the Lord. I'm thankful that even in perilous times, Brother Joe, God will raise up a prophet. God causes men all across this country to mount pulpits on Sunday mornings. And they preach the unadulterated, undefeated, undisputed word of God. And I just come by to tell the devil, he may be grinning, he may think he's winning, but I declare there's a remnant, hallelujah, that's going to rise up outside of the camp and they're not going to sit by and die. I come to tell you today, your family's going to be saved, hallelujah. Your children is going to be saved and your grandchildren are coming home. Somebody ought to give God glory and pray. Praise Him right now. Don't forget the word of the Lord. As the Lord says at this time tomorrow, whew, I feel the Holy Ghost. There'll be plenty of food. Somebody say plenty. Can I tell you that your God is not the God of barely get by? Can I tell you that your God is not the God of subtraction? I serve the God who is more than enough. I serve the God who gives into my bosom. Hallelujah. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. He doesn't give me just a dab that'll do me. He gives me overflowing. Hallelujah. From the top of my head to the sole of my feet. And the word of the Lord was thus in 2 Kings. Elijah prophesied and said, A person will be able to buy a basket of fine flour. Not just any flour, fine flour. And two baskets of barley for one shekel in the marketplace by the city gates of Samaria. And the evil captain of the Syrian army sneered his lip. How many of you know you're always going to have haters when you try to do something for God? Every time you try to declare something, somebody's going to rise up and call you a fuddy-duddy or call you a fanatic. But that evil captain said, even if God tears a hole in the heaven, you and your people are still going to starve to death. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. We are staring down a beady-eyed devil in this last day that's trying to marginalize the church. He pushed us over to the side of the page and told us we do not matter. We can be shut down at a moment's notice. 
notice and nobody will ever care but what I believe is going to happen and has already started to happen the little outposts all throughout the country like Lee University like the Asbury movement and it can happen right here in Greenwood Mississippi where a revival can spark forth and your sons and daughters will prophesy and your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions I wonder are you hungry for it or are you just going to sit by I just need about three people who will stand up and make a decision hallelujah for the destiny and the future that you want to see God do Elisha said everything that you can't afford right now is going to the bargain bin everything that you had to look at on the shelf and not be able to afford praise God you're going to be able to get it can I tell you, I'm so glad that Jesus made salvation free. I didn't say it was cheap, church. Oh, I need somebody to help me. I said it's free. He paid the price for it, and He put it on the bottom shelf where this old boy could get it. Hallelujah. He made it available unto me. How many of you are glad you didn't have to buy it because you couldn't afford it, but He made it available to you? What a word from the prophet. You see, this report was unimaginable. During such a trying time. But God's people have always lived by faith. In fact, the word says, the just shall live by faith. The Syrians had no idea that the God they had made fun of could do exactly what they mimicked. Let me prove it to you scripturally. The captain of the Syrian army said, your God... We'll have to rip a hole in heaven in order for supply to come down for you. And even when he does, you're going to starve to death. That ignorant captain had no idea. That ignorant, that's a Jones County word. Forgive me for saying that. He had no idea that God himself... 400 years before Jesus ever crossed the horizon of this world caused a prophet to stand up and pen in Malachi 3 and 10. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there might be what? Meat in your house. And prove me now with this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not cut out a hole in the heavens and pour out on you a blessing that you do not have room to contain. Not only did he open up the heavens he didn't let us starve to death he gave you more than you deserve and more than you could ever use I wonder is there somebody here tonight you're more blessed than you could ever imagine and God has poured into your house when others said you were going to die God will prove his word when the enemy says he cannot you see the lepers were in a dire situation but there was a word from God can I tell you that the Word of God does not have an expiration date on it? That just because you're living in a wilderness, just because you're living in a dark season, doesn't mean, whew, I feel this somewhere inside of me, that the Word that was spoken over you has found to be null and void. I come to tell somebody tonight that God's going to stir up the gift 
that was spoken over you years ago that the enemy said it's gone you've outlived your prime you're not going to find the riches of God that which they told you at youth camp was just emotionalism I come to say it was not emotionalism I come to say it was a word from God and God is going to deliver on what he has promised to his people You see, if you ever want to see revival, you can't sit down and die. See, desperation will do one of two things. Desperation will cause you to not have a will to live. Or desperation will produce a revelation. I need somebody to get that down deep in their soul tonight. Because the enemy wants you to get to a place of desperation and say, I've thrown in the towel. I've given up. I've done all I can do. I've gone as far as I can go. Honey, can I tell you tonight, when you've gone as far as you can go, that's the best place for a miracle. It's when you take your hands off of it and God takes the wheel. Hallelujah. Such was the situation with the four lepers outside the gate with their hair hanging down with their dirty clothes that were tattered. All of a sudden, the famine that swept all over the land had swept over Samaria and swept over them outside the gate. It became a desperate situation. And instead of them saying, I'm going to sit here and expire, they had a revelation. I want to tell you, when you are down to nothing, God is still up to something hallelujah dire circumstances are real opportunities for God's power to take center stage when you have gone as far as you can go and it has gotten as bad as it can get that is a prime opportunity for the king of kings to come in he's not wanting you to get the glory he's wanting to get the glory for what he's going to do through your situation clap your hands today if you've seen him do it before he said if we sit here we'll die we could die if we go into the city but we're certain to die if we sit here you know they had a small window Pastor Joey but all God needs is a real small window he can get in the smallest of windows Pastor Michael if you'll give him room if you'll just make a little way for him, he'll make a way where there seems to be no way. I'm reminded of the prophet Isaiah who in chapter 60 verse 1 said, Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. This famine, this situation helped them to make a decision. They had grown comfortable. They had grown complacent. They were happy with table scraps. They were getting by with what was coming over the wall. But you know what God will do sometimes? He'll allow discomfort to pull you out of your comfort zone and to bring you into a place of faith. Um, let me tell you, Andre Crouch said it like this, if I'd have never had a problem, I wouldn't know that my God could solve it. I'm here to ask somebody, can you remember back on the darkest season of your life how you shouldn't have lived, how the doctor said it was over, how there was no money for food and then all of a sudden out of nowhere the God of supply came into the middle of your midnight and you was like Paul and Silas you began to sing praise in the middle of that jail cell and God shook your surroundings 
Only God can show up and do those things. But your destiny is dependent upon your decisions. If they sit there, they die. If they rise up, they live. Or they have a chance to live. But you know, comfort is addictive. Complacency feels good. It seems like this is what we ought to do. It's the routine of lackadaisicalness. It's doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. If you study a mother eagle, you'll find that in the beginning when her eaglets are born, that she makes the nest as comfortable as she can. But the foundation of the nest is sticks and rocks. It holds the bottom so that when weight is put in the nest, they won't fall through. She goes and then she finds straw. She begins to find all type of fabric, anything she can gather, because she wants to make the place that her eaglets grow and nurture to be soft and comfortable. But there comes a time, scientists tell us, that the mother eagle will fly up on the side of the nest and she'll have a wild look in her eye. And she'll begin popping her wings and snapping her snout. And I can just hear those little eagles looking at one another and saying, What did you do to mama? It wasn't me. I cleaned my room. I cleaned my corner of the nest. Mama don't look like she's playing today. And she begins to pop her wings. And all of a sudden she reaches with her beak. And she begins to pull all the soft things out of the nest where the eaglets lie. And she does it for a purpose. Because the they were not meant to be comfortable. They were made to fly. I just need a witness in here. And they'll never leave the nest if the nest is always comfortable. I come to Greenwood to tell somebody tonight, you're not going to die in this season of uncomfortability. You're not going to die in this suffering. God may nudge you out of your comfort, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like the eagle. They'll run and not grow weary. And they'll walk cannot faint. Somebody give him praise if you know what I'm talking about. Oh, come on. Come on. You can do better than that. Let me tell you. Sometimes discomfort isn't sent to punish you. Sometimes it's sent to promote you. What we call unbearable, God calls training. C.S. Lewis says God uses a megaphone, and the megaphone is called suffering. I just want to tell somebody that feels like quitting tonight, you're not going to quit. Woo, hallelujah. You're not throwing in the towel. You done come too far. You're too much of a testimony. Pastor, do you know that a lot of people sitting on our pews have lived through things and their lives preach a better sermon than we could ever preach when we get up on Sunday morning. I just come by to encourage you, Sister Janet. It's not time to quit. I come by to encourage you, Pastor. It's not time to throw in the towel. I come by to tell you, you still got a song. I wonder, has anybody still got a song? Has anybody still got a worship? Even in your midnight season. Come on, somebody. Turn loose and give Him the glory that is due His name tonight. Woo! 
I'm fixing to quit, but give me a minute. The lepers were in a dire situation. But not only were they in a dire situation, they were pushed to make a destiny decision. Every decision you make is not a destiny decision. When you get up, and I hope nobody does this, but you look at the toothbrush and go, ah. That's not a destiny decision. That's a hygiene decision. Help me. But can I get serious and tell you when you get up and your babies are still under your household and they're living down the hall and you get up and you say, you know what? I've given up. There's nothing else I can do. You're making a decision to fail when you ought to get down on your knees. And you want to say, it may be out of my purview. It may be out of my ability to control with my own hands. But I can still call on the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And He will deliver. Hallelujah. Sometimes you just got to make a destiny decision. The Bible says that these four unkept unclean raggedy lepers made a destiny decision second Kings seven and five says and they rose up at twilight just follow me here just for a minute to go into the camp of the Syrians somewhere that they did not belong but destiny will push you to places that you don't qualify for and let me just tell you right now, if there's anybody in this room who is less qualified than me to be standing up here holding a microphone, I'd be surprised to see it. I want you to know that when God chose me, he reached his hand way, way in the back. Oh, Lord, have mercy. And found somebody that the foolish things would confound the wise. But when you make a decision to rise up out of your ashes, when you make a decision to get up for God, can I tell you that when you get up for God, God has already gotten up for you and He will not leave you or forsake you. This Word tells us that at twilight they got up. It doesn't say that it was a community decision. It doesn't give us insight and say that one leper stood up and was a great leader. It just says that they got up and they decided to do something they never done to get something they never had. And let me just show you something in the Word right here. And they rose up at twilight. If you fast forward and you go down to verse 7, it says, Wherefore, as they rose and fled in the twilight. Why? Because God Almighty, when the lepers got up at twilight, went at twilight to the enemy's camp. Praise God. What's the imagery here? The imagery is when you get up in the dark of night, there's a God who is already in your tomorrow making things work together. Does anybody still believe all things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to His purpose? I want you to know you're not left out. You're not left 
left alone. He's the God of here and he's the God of there. I still believe he is Alpha. That means he was way back in Genesis when the world was formed. But I also believe he's an ever-present help in time of trouble. He's in this house tonight. But not only is he here, Pastor Michael, he is the Omega. He is in my tomorrow. He is in my yesteryear. He is all things to me. He's making a way for me when I don't even see it. The songwriter said it like this. Even when I don't see it. Amen. I just come by to stir your faith up a little bit tonight. And tell you that you're praying for some stuff. Now if you got it all together tonight. I'm sorry that you had to sit through this. But if there's anybody here who's in a desperate situation. You really need a prayer answered. And you needed it answered yesterday. I stopped by to tell you there's a destiny on the other side of your decision. All you got to do is rise up at twilight and you know that God is already in the enemy's camp. The Bible tells us that when he got up, when they got up at twilight, that in the enemy's camp, all of them were gathered. And you know what? If they were all gathered... The captain that said, your God can't even feed you. Your God will have to rip a hole in the heavens. All of a sudden, they began to hear. And I can tell you what it is. I'm no theologian. But it was the sound of the Holy Ghost ahead of them. They looked at each other and said, do you hear what I hear? I hear the sound of a thousand chariots in the air. And oh my goodness, somebody must have got them an army and they're coming after us. Boys, we don't have time to gather our food and our rations. We'll pick all that up in the next place we get to. We don't even have time to get our gold and our silver and our tents and our clothing. Let's leave our horses here and let's run out of the camp as fast as we can. You say that don't sound like good sense to me. Well, it's something that happens throughout the whole Bible don't you forget that he went into the valley of decision for Jehoshaphat and turned their swords on each other don't you forget he went in the top of the mulberry trees for David and he defeated the enemy don't you forget he gave Gideon the victory by slipping into the sleep cycle of the enemy's camp and making them have a bad dream God has a way of going into the enemy's camp and giving you victory Before you ever get there. What could a leper do? They didn't even have any weapons. And some prognosticators will tell you those people ran because the lepers were contagious. You don't know how to read the Bible if you think that. God doesn't leave any stone unturned. And His Word never contradicts itself. The Bible says that they weren't even in the sight of the enemy. That the enemy heard a sound. Can I tell you something? God can do more with a sound than you can do with a nuclear weapon. God can do more with a sound. I don't know about that preacher. Well, you need to go to Acts 2. And you need to look up when it says, And suddenly there came a sound. 
as a rushing mighty wind and the greatest force in all of the universe came upon the earth and it set on them with cloven tongues of fire I want to tell you God can do more with the breath of his nostrils than you can ever do with your mind wield and intellect Can you see them getting up? Not knowing? Because see, God still makes you go in faith. I'm reminded of Mephibosheth when Ziba came to get him. Mephibosheth didn't know that David was going to put him at the king's table. In fact, he fell down and said, I'm just a dead dog, don't kill me. He didn't know. He still had to go in faith. God's not going to show you the whole plan. You're going to have to step it out. Because I believe the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Somebody say amen. I believe he's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And he may not show me all the way, but he'll show me where my feet step. They walked into that place. I don't know how you do music, Pastor, but I'm ready for whatever you guys do. Will you stay with me five more minutes? Just right here, just in this moment for five minutes. Someone thought, you, I thought you'd never quit. If you say amen to that, I'll go ten minutes. Amen. Can you see those unwelcome, unkept, unbelonging lepers walking in through the gates of the city? They didn't yell unclean one time. You want to know why? Because there wasn't anybody there to yell unclean to. God had already went into the enemy's camp and caused them to run out with a fury. I can see one of them, Pastor, going into one of the tents. And he comes back out and says, boys, there's more food in here than we have ate in the last six months. And another one says, you found the food. Well, let me tell you what I found. I found some brand new clothes. Can I tell you, God is the only God who can take somebody that has leprosy and put a new set of clothes on them that somebody worth much more ought to have on. Another one said, look in this camp. We found silver and gold and many things that can cause us to prosper. I stopped by to tell you today, God will take you to places you were never meant to go. He'll give you things that you could have never earned. All you got to do is be faithful to God and let Him do the rest. Stand to your feet all over the house. Four lepers. met a new reality because they made one decision they looked at each other and said I'm not going to sit here and die I got to get up I got to move I'm sure to die here but I got a small window if I go there God's wanting to work in some of the windows of your life see God will provide for his children Proverbs 13 22 says that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous Deuteronomy tells us that God will bless you with houses you did not build land you could not buy 
I don't know about you. And I don't have much. But I'm proud of what I got, amen. Pastor Joy, sometimes I look around and I say, I don't deserve what God has done for me. I don't deserve how good He's been to me. And then He reminds me, you made a decision that changed your destiny. And you'll never step out too far that God won't give you something to stand on. I want to encourage somebody tonight that's discouraged. Your discomfort is not going to destroy you. Your problem is not going to kill you. I speak this in the name of Jesus. Your problem is going to promote you in Jesus' name. And you're not going to look like what you went through. God's going to cover you like He covered those lepers. See, the Bible says, Though my sins were as scarlet, You've made me as white as snow. Let me ask you, are you desperate tonight? Do you need God to do something? I would dare say in a crowd this size, there's a lot of needs here. Maybe you have a physical need. Maybe you have a spiritual need. Let me ask you something. Are you going to sit there and die? Or are you going to make a destiny decision? One step. You see, is alright if I just go ahead and prophesy in Jesus' name? I'm under the authority of the man of this house. But I feel the Holy Ghost telling me that if some of you will honor what your mind's telling you right now, that you'll begin to step out and you'll come around this front with your hands raised. You see, your mind will tell you, go, go, go. Don't sit there. Go, go. But your body and your senses will say, don't do it. This will be over soon enough. We can move on to the next phase. But if you're really desperate enough tonight, it's your night. It's your night. There you go. Honor God, ladies. Hallelujah. There's others. If you'll just begin to move with your hands raised and your heart. So, see, God gives the altar call. I don't have to do it. If you're here tonight and you need God to do something. This is Pastor Michael Mooneyham. I want to say thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We are so thankful that you chose to join us in this way. But we would also love for you to come and join us in person at 1102 Sergeant John Pittman Parkway in Greenwood, Mississippi. Our service time is at 10.40 a.m. And we would love to see you here. Thank you once again for listening. We hope to see you soon. God.